The effect that video games can have on our real lives has been a hotly debated topic for the last 40 years or so. Lots of academic study has been done on video games, though much of the results vary from one another. This has left us with no concrete answer as to whether video games are good or bad for us. Joining me today is a psychologist who is familiar with fantasy role-playing games like the Elder Scrolls series. And while he hasn't played any of Dark Souls or the other Soulsborne games, he understands the concept of these games helping people as they overcome the difficult boss fights that make these games so notoriously hard. This episode is going to cover his theory as to why the Soulsborne games are helping people through depression, as well as a clinical explanation of what depression is, and recent studies regarding the positives and negatives of video games in general. I'm Jackson Reed, and you're listening to the Don't Go Hollow podcast. Oh, that's new. Was that from you? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just got the this meeting is being recorded. Some lady ah. came and said that to me. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. Um, hey, I'm Jesse. I'm a 26-year-old psychologist um, and PhD candidate at the University of Wollongong. Um, I'm living in Melbourne at the moment. And yeah, I, I guess I've played video games quite a lot throughout my life, especially when I was younger. Um, but I've still sort of continued to do that um, into adulthood. I think when I was 10, I played um, Morrowind, the the third Elder Scrolls game. Um, and I remember, I think just for like <clears throat> for six months straight, just playing that game, having the best time of my life. Um, and yeah, it's, it's all been downhill from there. The games are never as good as when I was 10. <laughs> yeah. Do you, was that like, because I, I've actually, Elder Scrolls is one of the games that I've dabbled in. Like I played a bit of Morrowind, but I never played it all the way through. Is it like pretty immersive? Yeah, it is. It's very like, I guess it's an open world RPG. Um, from what I understand, like, I guess that that's a similarity to Dark Souls. Um, but it is very immersive. There's just so much that you can do. Um, so many different ways you can um, mess with your character. It's like you can just pump so many hours into that game. Yeah, cool. And so I guess like, what do you understand about like Dark Souls mm-hmm. or like the Soulsborne games in general? Um, maybe like before, like, you kind of know about the depression stuff and maybe like anything that you might know about how it's helped people with depression. Yeah. So that, that's a good question. So um, before I, you kind of contacted me about this podcast uh, regarding the depression stuff, I didn't really have any idea about that side of it. Um, but I, I guess the one thing that I always got is that it's like a really hard game mm. and that the difficulty is like a really big component of it. And I think of, you know, I've seen the, like, there's sort of like memes and stuff on the internet about it like there's always boss fight like the boss music i know the boss music because that's always in in memes yeah i think i think those are the main things that i knew the memes and that it's really difficult yeah yeah but i haven't i haven't played them myself i've I've been interested in terms of like uh soulsborne games and depression like do you get the general gist of the idea yeah i i mean i i listened to that first um that first podcast um and it it does seem like an interesting a really interesting phenomenon um because i guess there's a lot of debate about whether you know the effect that video games have on well-being but it's it's quite specific to this video game that a lot of people are talking about it Mm. having a really positive effect on their well-being um yeah and and it's it's quite interesting that there's quite a community from what i understand around it i kind of read a few articles on it um before this podcast as well and it seems like there's a lot of people sort of getting together around it yeah yeah definitely 
Um, so we kind of like, like in other episodes of this podcast, like in the last one, it was kind of like uh, individuals experience with um, depression and how these games have helped them. Could you like, you know, give like, cause you kind of got the credibility to give like a proper explanation of, I guess, like the causes and symptoms and like even treatments of depression. Like, could you kind of like walk us through that? Yeah, of course. Um, so I'll, I'll start with the symptoms. Um, generally when people refer to depression or at least when I think about it, the like the diagnosis that comes to mind is something called um, major depressive disorder. Um, and that's probably like the most common kind of depressive disorder that you see. Um, and it's comes from a, like a big book of, of different disorders called the DSM-5. Um, and essentially there's just, I, I guess, like eight different symptoms that if you have five of these, then you're going to be classified as depressed. Um, so it's, it's having low mood, like most of the day, um, losing something called anhedonia, which is when you lose pleasure in things. So when you no longer get pleasure from things you used to enjoy, um, change of weight, uh, difficulty concentrating, um, fatigue, feeling like worthless or like having, I guess, problems with self-esteem, um, having, I guess, like a slowing down of thought or movement. So sometimes people get a bit like slower physically in their movement. Um, and then the thoughts of death or like suicide is also a part of it. So you don't need to have all of those things to be depressed, but if you have five of those things, specifically one of the first two, so depressed mood or loss of pleasure, um, then you would fit under that category treatments. Um, so for depression, for major depressive disorder, the gold standard treatment is um, medication and psychotherapy um, or like it can be either or um, depending on the severity but if you've got severe depression generally both and the gold standard therapy is cognitive behavioral therapy um, that's kind of the one that's most common but most other therapies tend to work almost like just as well it's just there's not as much research into them if that makes sense yeah um and with psychotherapy what what does that usually involve um, so I guess here in Australia, it's like Medicare will give you, I think, uh, uh, 20 sessions now. It used to be 10. Um, generally with cognitive behavioral therapy, which is the one that Medicare actually subsidizes, um, you'll go in and do like an assessment. They'll figure out what's sort of going on. And then, um, the main focus of cognitive behavioral therapy is changing your cognitions. So going from, I guess thoughts that are typical of depression um, to thoughts that would be, you know, I guess more positive um, alternative thoughts. It's, it's very big on changing your thoughts basically. And then also changing your behaviors. So it's really like, if you think about those symptoms that I talked about um, cognitive behavioral therapy is really symptom focused. So um, trying to get out and do more as opposed to withdrawing um, and trying to think more positively as opposed to thinking negatively. Um, so, so could that involve like, um, trying to get a patient to like pick up activities or hobbies or, uh, like a meditation or anything like that, or is it kind of, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Trying to do things they enjoy more. Cause typically, I mean, I, I guess this ties into causes of depression 
when people start getting depressed, they tend to do less things that they enjoy um, because they're more aware of how much effort it is to do things that you enjoy. Yeah. Um, and then when you're not doing things you enjoy, you get a little bit more depressed and, and sometimes it can just have a sort of take on a life of its own in that way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, cool. Um, do you, like, do you think it's worth going into any more detail on causes of depression or? Um, well, look, I, I guess it's so unique for everyone. Like, you mm. know, you can have like, it can be due to loss. It can be, um, it can just come out of nowhere for some people. Um, it, I guess that the causes are quite individual and I'm sure, you know, in those last two podcasts, I think the reasons for the depression, at least for the one I listened to was quite specific to that person. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, the, the dark souls thing is like, and, and souls born games, but I'll probably just say dark souls. You're dying to these bosses like 20, 50 times. Um, so it's quite demoralizing when you can't get through that. Cause you know, in a normal game, it might take you like five tries for a hard boss or something like something in like the Elder scrolls. Right. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like this game's designed to be challenging. Um, but then when you overcome those challenges, uh, it's really rewarding. The guy, Zach, in the first podcast said, to paraphrase, you accomplish something that you never ever thought that like you would accomplish. That makes them look inward to themselves and think about like what, what can they accomplish as well. Um, from like a psychological standpoint, do you, like, do you want to go through your explanation of like what you think might be going on with these souls games yeah sure yeah um so i think like just going off what you said but just then um like uh i think that runs counter to that that one of those symptoms that we're talking about like feelings of worthlessness um and kind of like self self-doubt um mm. which is one of those sort of core symptoms that we had before and it sounds like you know it, there's a potential for the game to sort of I guess restructure like the cognitions around that, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess, like I was saying before, um, with depression, people tend to become more sensitive to negative stimuli um, and less sensitive to positive stimuli, hmm. um, which means you kind of get a withdrawal um, cycle and people stop doing things that make them feel like a sense of mastery or enjoyment. Um, because the capacity to feel those things are actually reduced by depression. And so generally people spend more time trying to avoid things that produce negative feelings than doing things that make them feel happy. Hmm. Um, and with depression to get out of it, especially like if we're thinking from a cognitive behavioral standpoint, there really needs to be um, a willingness and a capacity to go through I guess, coming into contact with really difficult emotions, such as like, you know, fatigue, anxiety, depression, um, and to do things which make, which run the risk of making things worse, like feeling more worthless or feeling like you can't do something. Like if you fight that boss 49 times and then you stop, you're probably going to feel, you know, bad about yourself because you didn't, you didn't complete it. So, mm -hmm. And there's always that risk that you're not going to be able to do it. Um, but it's generally a necessary one. And yeah, I think when people start to do things that are really difficult like this, it, it means that they can sort of change some of their beliefs. And I think Dark Souls, as opposed to other games, really, it sounds like pushes people to do something really challenging. And I, I guess would create like a lot of feelings of achievement and mastery 
um, as well as challenge some beliefs about yourself, which might be quite strong if you're feeling depressed. Mm, um, yeah. But again, that's all like really, you know, a theory. It's not necessarily what's going on. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. And yeah, because I guess there's not a lot of research around specifically this game yet. Oh, well, yeah, I definitely don't think there would be any any about this game. Um, mm. I think they've only been out since uh, 2009, 2008. Um, yeah, okay. So, so they're still like relatively new. In, mm. like in terms of like the the history of the planet um yeah <laughs> but yeah cool no i i i think i think that's like a really good uh, a really interesting perspective on it um could you kind of like summarize like in a sentence like uh how you think dark souls like is is like reflective of cognitive behavioral therapy or yeah sure so i think um the cognitive behavioral elements that Dark Souls plays into. So one is is challenging beliefs around um, whether you can do really difficult things. If you challenge that kind of belief in, in one area, like in, when you're playing Dark Souls, um, the hope is that it, you can challenge it in other areas, if that makes sense. So you can do things that are more difficult in other areas of your life. And and the other part is really, um, which ties in is, is just being able to Feel difficult emotions, mm-hmm. in and and be prepared to move through them in order to achieve something you want to achieve. So being able to move through emotions as well, I think, is a is a big part of it. Yeah, um, in my mind. And uh, in c- cognitive behavioral therapy, is are, are the techniques uh, or things that a therapist might try to teach their patient? Do you think there's similarities between that? and what people could like learn in this game does that make sense yeah that does make sense yeah so i guess with behavioral activation you'd be getting people to do things that they previously enjoyed but they don't enjoy as much anymore and just Mm -hmm. getting them to keep doing it until they start enjoying it again so there's a similarity in that sense that you're kind of um you're making you're getting people to do things that are difficult um and that they potentially think they're not able to do because a lot of the times people are quite doubtful of their ability to do these things and then i guess on the cognitive side so that's the behavioral side and then there's the cognitive side is is helping people challenge um their beliefs about themselves and what they can do do like would they like literally teach them like a new skill that is hard or um yeah so okay so a behavioral technique that you might do is is something called the behavioral experiment so you might have a belief about something. So let's say Dark Souls, right? And you have a belief that I can't beat this boss. Mm. Um, and let's say you believe that 90% that I can't, I can't beat a boss in Dark Souls. And so you'd write that down. You'd write down how you're feeling. And so you might be feeling apprehensive or doubt. And then you'd write down the thoughts you had just beforehand. So a little bit more specific around your ability to defeat this boss. And then you do the experiment. So you've got a hypothesis, which is I can't beat this boss. And then you run the experiment and you fight the boss 50 times and then you beat the boss in the end. Hmm. And then, um, and then you write down how you're feeling. So you might be feeling much less doubt. You might be feeling some happiness some achievement. And then you kind of write down a new thought. So, you know, like I have the ability to, to do this thing. Hmm. Um, and generally you're wanting to tie it to some kind of deeper belief, like I'm incapable or, or something like that, that might, 
um, underlie the, that thought about the boss. So that's one example of a thing you might do. And then you can, you know, like in a, in a typical session, you might relate it to going out to an event or um, making making friends or something like that. Yep. Yeah, right. Cool. So there are some people like um, acknowledgedly on the internet who've said that this game has cured or uh, like greatly helped like my depression or my suicidal thoughts. Is it, so do you, th- do you think that... Mm, the, the stimuli from this game could actually be enough to like have a significant change in most people or do you, do you think this is something that's going to appeal to people like mainly who who play video games or are interested in fantasy or whatever yeah look that's a, a really good question and I think in order for me to like confidently answer that one, um, really for anything like this, you would need like a, a really good study where you had, you know, a bunch of people playing Dark Souls and then a bunch of people playing another game for the same amount of hours mm. um, accurately logged and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to, to make. Yeah, no, that's to, cool. To make a statement that's about cool. that. Yeah, because like um, a lot of people, I guess, naturally get better from depression anyway and uh, like it, it's hard to yeah um, yep. even without therapy or anything it's quite it tends to go away for a lot of people for a, yep. at least a period yeah um do you think that's like kind of like from what you've seen that might actually be something that is possibly worth someone's time like to do like academic study on dark souls and um compare it to other findings uh, for, for like from another like exactly like what what you just said like yeah is it- def- definitely yeah that would be really helpful because I, like I work with a lot of adolescents and young adults so video games are a really common coping strategy for those people mm. um, and it would be really helpful for me to know it, you know what video games make it worse what video games make it better um, in an ideal world if we had all that research it would just be really helpful the key thing here is that like there's something seemingly unique about this game that warrants some further explanation compared to other games in the in the sense that there's quite a big community around it it's um Hmm. of people who have experienced a change in a result as a result of playing this game going back to like the stimuli from this game um you mentioned that you know like if you die like 49 times to a boss and then give up and like don't finish it then it's like you you haven't got that feeling of euphoria that you get for overcoming this very difficult challenge in the game do you think that Mm. for for some people it might actually like make their depression worse by playing this game if like all the experiences they're having are negative and they can't really like get into it i don't know yeah i think that's certainly certainly a possibility um and i guess depression is like such a unique disorder um I mean, like I mentioned those kind of like the quite clinical diagnostic criteria, but it, de- it gen- generally looks really different for everyone. Um, and certainly if people are very um, attuned to um, failure and, and there, there's, you know, like, I guess the potential for it to, to make things worse. But I would, I would imagine also that in that, in that scenario, people just stop playing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Is that something that might make you hesitant to like, recommend it to a kid is the difficulty of the games yeah yeah 
um, the difficulty, and also I guess like, um, like the content be, in them. Yeah, and mm. also I suppose because there's not really like a research around it, I, I wouldn't, I would hesitate in that sense too. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's actually a um, uh, there was an article in Vice from five years ago, uh, and it was right. about. Um, so it, I think it must have been when like the last Dark Souls game came out, and it was it was about like the topic that this podcast is about. Essentially, they interviewed this lady, I think Dr. Sally Mary from uh, University of Auckland in New Zealand, mm-hmm. and yeah, that was also one of her concerns. Is she was like, oh well, you know, like I think it's good that the, these games have helped people, but I'd be on. Uh, like I'd be worried that the difficulty would make it like a barrier for someone or to just give them like another thing that they, they feel like they can't do. Yes. Yeah. And I, I suppose the fact that like, you know, there's, there's some people that aren't able to play the game because it's too hard means that the people that, that do are um, likely to feel a bit more, a bit more of an achievement. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. If you're able to sort of get through that barrier. Going back to this, uh, so this the study from University of Auckland, uh, they, the study specifically looked at uh, children. Um, so I think it's important to take note of that because it seems like Dark Souls is mainly helping adults, probably because that's who the game appeals to. Yeah. They created basically like a simple fantasy game called Sparks. It, the game is meant to teach the basics of cognitive behavioral therapy. Basically, they put half the kids in both sparks and what they called treatment as usual, and then the other half in just treatment as usual. So I think they had roughly 90 in each uh, category. Um, and, it, and it ran for three months, and the study found that the kids put in sparks uh, basically like felt that found that their depressive symptoms lessened more than the kids. Uh, receiving only treatment as usual um so so i I guess that's um probably like the closest research out there into can games that like challenge challenge your beliefs in a way that's similar to cognitive behavioral therapy actually lessen depressive feelings and like the evidence is that like yes like it it does so like i think that's really cool and is yeah maybe maybe uh, an argument for that kind of like you were talking about, like to compare Dark Souls with another game, comparing like something like Elder Scrolls, uh, which could be like very relaxing with something like uh, Destiny or like League of Legends that mm-hmm. kind of requires players to like keep playing and might be less relaxing and less enjoyable than like a single player game or lighthearted multiplayer game or something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And there's just so much variability, hey, like in, in different types of games. And yeah. and like I know for myself, the way that I feel when I play like like League of Legends is very different to when I play like a single player game. Um mm. and how it affects me afterwards as well, actually. Yeah. Do you feel like sharing what you've noticed? Yeah. Um, well, I, like playing any kind of RTS like StarCraft or Age of Empires 2 or something like that. Mm. Um I feel like because I've got to split my mind in so many different places, like, you know, focusing on my economy while trying to like raid the other person's economy. Um, All of that stuff just means that I feel quite fatigued afterwards. 
yeah, th there's just very different feelings. And it's interesting that that game was able to produce um, effects better than, than sort of just treatment as usual. And I guess it means that video games definitely have the capacity to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is, it is in conjunction with therapy as usual. So it's like, um, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, they were still getting their normal therapy, but it's like the, there was like an added bonus, I guess, in playing this right, yeah. game that they had designed. Um, mm. You know, like it's, it's great that like, you know, these Dark Souls games have helped people, but like, you know, the other thing is there is, there is another side of video games, which is that people can become addicted to them and games like League of Legends are, you know, like arguably designed to like get people trapped into playing. Like, would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like the stock price of these types of games are direct, is directly related to how much time people spend and how much money people spend on them as well. Mm -hmm. um, so they're always going to be trying to get people to play as much as possible. Um, if, if, yeah, like, especially games like League of Legends and stuff, which are so focused on that, I suppose, yeah. And, yeah, and, you know, I think there's dopamine triggers in a game like you you beat a boss in dark souls or you get uh, a cool new skin in overwatch or you get like a legendary weapon um or you or you level up or whatever that's like a rewarding activity mm. in a brain do, do you want to explain like why we why we have dopamine yeah so dopamine i guess like it, it actually has a lot of different functions but one of the main functions related to video games is um uh, a kind of reward chemical um so when you do something pleasurable um dopamine gets released into your brain um and then um you know you do it again the nitty-gritty of it is a lot more complicated than that and you also get some disorders where there's a lot of dopamine where people ne aren't necessarily happy like schizophrenia for example yep. you actually want a bit less dopamine in, in that person's brain um so we're still kind of getting to grips with what it does but um certainly I guess with addiction and um, even like drug addiction, a lot of highly addictive drugs um, like speed or meth um, are heavily involved with um, dopaminergic systems. Hmm. Um, and, and so video games, I guess, are addictive, likely because dopamine is playing a big role. Well, yeah, that's what studies have found is that kind of what, what is happening in uh, someone, someone's brain who is addicted to games uh, pretty much mirrors similar things that are happening to someone who's addicted to drugs, um, which like is kind of scary, really. Uh, there's, there's this six-year study um, that found that 10% of people who play uh, video games experience addiction. So that's like 90% of people who like play like without any problems, I guess. Um, mm. Uh, and in the study, they refer to it as pathological gaming. And basically, when compared to the non-pathological group, the people who were addicted to games actually showed higher levels of depression uh, and also aggression, shyness, anxiety, and like problems with like using their phone. So I guess phone addiction as well. Um, phone addiction, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, any any thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, I, I guess. Um... That is one of the issues with video games is that it like, because they're so heavily tailored to um, play into our reward systems. Um, 
it's very easy to get addicted to them. And it also means that doing things that require some delayed gratification, like, you know, exercise or sleeping well, eating well, all those kinds of things, which are really helpful for someone with depression. Those things are much harder to do if you've got something where you can get like an instant kind of um, feeling of gratification mm. or very, very quick. Like I guess the challenges in, in games for most games are actually quite transient. Like you do something difficult and then you get a reward. You do something slightly difficult, get a reward. Mm. Um, like you think about Bejeweled or something like that, right? Yep. And I, I guess that's another reason that maybe Dark Souls is kind of differentiated because it's not hijacking that, that, that system in a way that's different from people's everyday life. Mm. They're not going to get rewarded as quickly. Mm. Yeah, super interesting. Yeah, I think the overwhelming thing that looking into this has illuminated for me is that it just really needs to be a lot more research in this area and a mm. lot like, I guess, um, high quality. Like the re I'm not saying, I'm not trying to um, say all the research is bad, but like it's, there's a lot of correlational research, which is really good in understanding if there might be something going on. But I think more studies where they actually sort of compare two groups like this, the um, Spark study you had would really help a lot because there's so many studies which say it's positive, so many studies which say it's negative, so many studies which say it's inconclusive. It's just very difficult to know what's going on. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things with that um, more recent study from Oxford. They, they basically found that people essentially who were playing the new Animal Crossing and the new Plants vs. Zombies shooter um, found that people playing that these games more of these games tended to report a greater well-being. And to quote one of the researchers, mm. he said, if you play four hours a day of Animal Crossing, you're a much happier human being. But that's only interesting because all of the other research before this is done so badly. So he's kind of having a dig at what's been done before. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, that's, and that's true. And even that study, I guess, had, it, had its limitations. Like, again, it was like a correlational study. So it's hard to sort of figure out whether people are just happier because um, they're playing Animal Crossing or people who are happier play more Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I mm. guess like one of the interesting things was that is they used actual game data. So they mm. so that they weren't just relying on people saying how much they played a game. They could actually look at how much they were playing, I think is uh, is the gist of of what they, they were looking at. Um, yeah, I think I remember them saying that um, people tend to overreport how many, mm. how much um, time they spend playing video games, mm. which is, I guess, yeah, concerning because a lot of studies are based on that self-report. Before we wrap up, do you kind of want to just say, like, uh, so if someone is thinks they might be experiencing depression, like, what other steps they can go to to uh, get into therapy? Yeah. So um, if you are suffering from depression, I would the first thing I would do is, is talk to your doctor. So. If you're going to see a psychologist, you need to talk to your doctor first um, in Australia. Um, and um, yeah, that, that would be the first thing you do is speak to your doctor. Um, if you can speak to your family, if, if they're supportive um, and really just go from there, I think like if, if you see a doctor, they'll figure out whether you need medication or you need to see a therapist or both. Um, and yeah, and, and just do what makes you happy as well. Um, and that's going to be individual for everyone. Um, and if you're really like struggling at the moment, um, there's plenty of, uh, whatever country you're in, you can just, there's, there's generally some kind of hotline you can call in Australia, you can call lifeline or beyond blue. Um, and 
they'll be able to um, help you out and, and kind of let you know what the next steps are as well. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, I guess, yeah, with the find something you enjoy doing, that's like the other thing that could be happening with these games is um, there might be another factor is people just enjoy playing them and that exactly, could be yeah. increasing their well-being. Um, yeah. And you can apply that to like pretty much like literally any video game ever. So yeah, like that's not that's not Dark Souls specific. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Jesse, thanks heaps for for coming on. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to talk about it and sharing, uh, you know, like possible possible theories as to what is happening in these games. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you. No worries at all. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, yeah, no, no problem. Thanks for listening to episode three of Don't Go Hollow. Jesse's theory of the Soulsborne games containing cognitive behavioural elements looks at them as a way to challenge people's beliefs about themselves and give them a space to confront difficult emotions and overcome them. Something that is very much in line with what a lot of people have experienced through these games. The University of Auckland's Spark study is evidence that video games with cognitive behavioural elements can have an impact on mental well-being, at least in young people. A quick search on Google Scholar shows that most of the academic research done on Dark Souls has been from a literary analysis angle. But there is seemingly no psychological study on these games. Perhaps the more recent studies from Oxford University, the University of Auckland and Brigham Young University in Utah will encourage future video game research to involve comparative studies and use actual video game data from companies like Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. If you want to keep up to date on future episodes of this podcast, you can give it a follow on Instagram and Twitter, or keep an eye out on the Dark Souls subreddit. Feel free to get in touch if you have any ideas or suggestions for the podcast. Like Jesse said, if you are feeling depressed, you can look up a mental health hotline in your region and get in touch with them to talk about what actions you can take to get better because nobody wants to see you go hollow.